0: Alright, so last year we did an episode called Elite U23 Players Ready for the Next Level. and It was a smashing success, right? We got to look into who the elite talent are across Europe, pick out a handful of them, and tell you about them before they made substantial leaps in the summertime. It's that time of year again now, right? We're at the the cusp of the league winners, the Champions League winners, everything massive is happening in Europe, but it won't be decided this week, which means we have a little window here to tell you about some elite U23 ballers ready for the next level we hope you enjoy
1: i know we're not going to talk about this today but how spursy was that dude dude that was come on so First of stupid
0: all. There's no reason like that game, because you know, I hate those two clubs more than anything. yeah. yeah, I hate, yeah. those are my two like least favorite <laughs> those teams are the in the most world. Hated clubs for you. So there's no reason that I should even watch that game when the two least favorite teams play each other. I want both and of them yet, to lose. Every time it's the best game of the season, bro. Can you remember the last time that Liverpool Spurs played a bad Premier League game? The Champions League final, no, at Premier yeah, League game, no, yeah, you're right, but, but that yeah, was the Champions League the only still- game that was like, oh, this is so one right. The only bad game they've had is the is in the Champions League final, but <laughs> up until then, bro, like that was a barn burner today. Yeah, 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 no, that was crazy, and also
1: they deserve that for Son and and Richarlison doing the pigeon together. That was hundred percent deserved. You can't you can't do the the pigeon <laughs> with Richarlison and not have it be cursed.
0: Look at look at I just think that guy's got the worst luck in the entire world. Look at Brazil's World
1: Cup run. No, that was a good he had good luck for that goal. He put it straight into the ground. No, but think about his feet. And Allison (laughs) went,
0: oh, I don't know what to do here. (laughs) Took a wild deflection off of the ground. I mean, for this dude, it's it's the pretty much the last day of April, right? So this dude's first Premier League goal on a 60 million game pound week signing on Brazil's <laughs> number nine was game week 33, and it was the equalizer at Anfield to mount one of the most historic comebacks in the history of the league when Spurs are at their, as far as I'm concerned, the worst that we've ever seen them, right? They're absolutely trash, yeah, yeah. terrible players, terrible personnel up and down the pitch. He comes no on manager. as a sub, gets <laughs> it takes his shirt off, does his dance like, yeah, I'm that guy, and they lose. <laughs> 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 they still lose bro go back oh go back God. to the
1: brazil world cup remember tj doing that with him yep what happened to brazil you're you right. can't do the pigeon and not be cursed it's
0: true it's it's kind of like if you're in a an minute MMA later that you spit in the guy's face you have to yeah. lose like no matter yeah, what's totally. going on with you you just that totally. guy's got to win now yeah it's a true. minute That's later win. Win. okay buddy let it well no lucas mora was Here's like the his Portuguese own people. teammate bro his own team lucas <laughs> mora the Brazil international too, maybe not so much anymore. When I'm not, I'm not winning nah. a game wearing a teammate not won, winning it, did a Marcus. pigeon dance. Jota, go nuts, bro! Show him, show him who's boss. <laughs> that was so stupid. Oh, and, dude, pulling an <laughs> and, the and then club pulls well. a hamstring. <laughs> Oh, my God, bro. That was so much fun. Anyway, guys, welcome to episode number 192 of the Jersey Wall podcast. Can you believe it? You know, we're like eight weeks away from TJW eight 200. Weeks. Can you believe it, bro? It's that time of the season Madden. for us, too, which means we're, we're just we're doing great episodes every single week. As far as I'm concerned, like I like doing these episodes. And this one takes us back a little bit, right? Because last week we did a little bit of just current events like the the league. It's just too crazy in the league for us to ignore what's going on. This week, it tends to have stabilized a little bit more. City are back on top because they've won now. So now, I mean, they should continue to win all their games and win the league from this point forward. But we were talking about that last week, right? We previewed that game. City won against Arsenal. Whoop-de-doo. Napoli had the opportunity to win the league for the first time in 33 years today. Salerno won. Guillermo Ochoa said, nah, (laughs) get that out of here. It's not happening. Listen, bro, there's stuff going on in Europe. Don't get me wrong. But you know what people don't talk about enough, Mina? We know the Pedries and the Bellinghams of the the world. We know those guys. We know there's lots of great U23 talent out there. What about the ones who don't get that recognition? Mm. Maybe the light isn't on them as much. And maybe only we talk about them on the show, so you might know their names. But largely, the niche ones, the fringe ones, the one where you can sit back and say, how do I sound like a smart guy when I'm talking to my (laughs) friends at the bar? How do I say, yo, this guy's the next guy coming up? Well, you know what? That's where TJW comes into play. guys. This week on the Jersey World Podcast, we're going to tell you about the U23 ballers who are ready for the next level. I, as always, I'm your host, Mr. Nathan Cetos. That with me is Mina. We don't have Joe with us today. We're going to get into it. To preface this before we start, like I said, the honorable mentions include the names that you already know. If you already know their names, either because we've said it on this show a lot or because they're doing just, they're just too recognized. good in Europe and they're getting the headlines, we're going to try to stay away from those players, right? So Kavada is not going to get a shout today uh mohammed Kudus, we've talked about at length on this show he's not gonna he's gonna get a show now but he won't be in our list um tara Muffy, i think is fantastic in ligar another like i he was an honorable mention not quite in the same spotlight but it just didn't crack our list today along with uh, enzo lafay who by the way just destroyed psg he's a good player keep that I name in like mind baller to rayon turkey we've talked about too much on the show jeremy doku we've talked about a lot i know the, nathan is it just ligar there's a lot of talent in ligar guys <laughs> maybe i'm just trying to advocate on behalf of that league but basically, at the end, if you're like, Nathan, I feel like you missed some of these names, you're right. It's not because I forgot them. It's just because I'm trying to stay away from it. To bring you names that you might not know, or if you do know, you got to learn a little bit more about I mean, I got 10. Do we do rankings on this show? No, we do not. Nope. So I'm about to put this that's,
1: list in order. I think that other show is, it just doesn't exist anymore, but we just continued it.
0: Any, it doesn't matter. Forever. All shows. Any show that does a ranking, not part of it. That's not us. We just put wow. lists in order and that's who we are. Brother, coming in at number ten. Can I start with this? Go for it. I guess I should preface number ten even before I do because I'm I'm going to be pretty angry about this. Number ten is Thiago Almada, and I actually like mm. this player a lot. Okay, Thiago Almada is a 22 year old attacking midfielder from Argentina who plays for Atlanta MLS. Yeah. FC in in the MLS. He's also a World Cup winner, by the way. Played six minutes at the World Cup, earned that winner's trophy. Who who's the guy? Um, Rami Rami whatever. What was those? I know Rami
1: for France. Ah. Yes. Yeah. It, he's Anderson. that kind of player for
0: for Argentina's World Cup win. Right, right, right. Yes, I see exactly what you are saying Listen, he had a fr- yeah. he, had, he had a very fringe responsibility. That team was had a lot of talent and he listen. listen he has to to get into, into
1: the MLS and and go I'm a World Cup winner put some respect on my name. And
0: and he's commanding that respect cuz he's played 8 games in the MLS this season Mina and he's got 5 goals and 5 assists already. Like this dude's <laughs> wow. going to have just Thierry Henry numbers in this league. <laughs> And as an attacking midfielder, now I'm going to get into what's so great about him in a second, but first I have a vendetta with MLS and you know this, Mina. Mm. I hate, Mina, I'm going to say it again. I hate MLS season pass on Apple TV. The rage that it fills me with this year. And this is important. Not as it relates to you, 23 ballers, but as it relates to limiting my abilities to watch them. Okay. I love MLS and I love MLS as a person who loves a team in MLS and enjoys the chaos of the league, okay? Toronto FC, bro, I watch their games every week from the time I was, what, seven when this club was founded? Maybe eight or nine, somewhere around there. I was a little kid. And it was garbage, but I sat through the garbage (laughs) so that I could enjoy it for the rest of my life. I thought that was the commitment I was making. Well, now there's a whole broadcast deal with Apple TV wherein they just went, hey, you know what, bro? There's actually three ways, Mina, three ways that you have to watch your team play. Some games will be on TSN, but it'll like we don't know which ones. We'll just it'll be right. determined week by week. Some games will be on the Apple TV website in front of the paywall. So you just you can't watch it where you want to watch. You got to like find our website and then you can find it there. And you don't have to be a subscriber, but you do you can watch it for free on that site. Okay. And then some other games will be on that same site but behind the paywall. So then Apple you TV you have Plus. to pay for those Apple TV Plus. Mina, I don't I think I've watched four TFC games this year
1: i can't watch i I can't find them
0: i can't see them i'm sick to my stomach that i can't watch my own club play people have
1: this problem in england as well like every time people are saying like oh this game's not televised in the uk because it's 3 p.m i'm like what do you mean like
0: yeah yeah yeah, what do you mean yeah tiktok told me about that people have
1: sky people have bt and amazon prime now has some games and and they still sometimes can't watch the game because it's at 3 p.m okay stop scheduling games at 3 p.m well, like what no what it's because they
0: want people to go to the game so they don't want them to watch them on tv and i'm like that's the dumbest thing i've ever heard that is so because strange. people are going to find a way to watch like you're not blocking yeah. people's ability to watch the games there's always yeah, a way to find it's not the like games. C- you're just screwing tv times right you're just screwing your companies anyway forget side tangent because i am very mad about that and anybody who wants to talk about the i've seen some ridiculous... bangers from Thiago
1: Almada though if we're like if we're going back to that that's what i, like, I come like He scored some nice goals
0: Dude is a freaking baller and just far too good for this level. Like just simple as um, he's outperforming his expected goals, which is a good thing. And his, ex- his expected assists, right? So he's coming in good. overperforming these things. Now, ideally you'd want to be underperforming in your expected assists. Yeah. Right. Because it means the, that uh, your team is chances that you would be. Yeah. Basically, but yeah. you're creating those chances. Instead, it's like, he's getting little assists that shouldn't have come off as assists, but nonetheless, the production is the production right? He can play anywhere in attack. He's super versatile, right? His acceleration is dribbling. His agility his ball control. All these things that you think of when you think of like what makes for a really tricky South American player, attacking player in particular, he yeah. fits that bill. Because he's little he as can well. Dribble, right? And he's got a free kick on him, bro. His technique for the yeah. ball, if it's free, kicks, free kicks or if it's like nice. long shots, dude yeah. knows how to hit him. And Outside of the box, shots from him are, are going in. Absolutely preposterous. And the fact that he has the World Cup pedigree to his name, too, I think is just a small little asterisk on his name that you look at and go, you know what? He's not just an MLS player who's really good. He's actually like one of the best young players in South America who's won a World Cup or been around at least that that atmosphere before. And is now coming back to just tear it up in a league that still plays on turf. Right. So I ultimately would like to see that Tiago Amada moves to Europe. But I think the next step is imperative when we're talking about moving into the next step because let's be real, the MLS season runs on different on a different uh, schedule than the European leagues, right? Which means they're about to play until November, whereas the European leagues are largely finishing up now, right? Yeah. So he's just starting this season and come the European transfer window time, he might be on 30 goal involvements already after 16, 17 games played. That would be ridiculous. If that's the case, he will have many suitors my fear is that we had a player not not similar in terms of profile but similar in terms of productivity and impact move from atlanta united all the way to one of europe's top leagues and he was trash for like six consecutive (laughs) years before having a good run until of of course that's miguel Almiron. yeah right so he came in massively bullied that's just it and And then the bullying paid off and, and and he ended up being pretty decent Ultimately, what I want to see with Thiago Amada is him moving to a club that can use a, a player of this attribute basically and continue to develop him without necessarily being reliant on him to replicate the same output or moving to a your Euro, a European juggernaut where he's just not going to get any game time. Right. Yeah. What kind of developmental league do
1: you think he would work well in? Because I, I I see him in like Portugal or something. Like if he joins like a Benfica or a Porto, maybe even a Braga or someone, I think I think Portugal would suit him a little
0: bit. You named, you named all the clubs around the one that I was going to name and just say Sporting. Oh, sporting? I think a team like uh-huh. Sporting would be an interesting fit only because, to be fair, it would be an interesting shout at Benfica. My, I, I very selfishly am going to say, like, hold on a second here. I don't know about this. Just because of the nature of who Benfica have in that position right now, I'm like, I don't know if this is something similar. Whereas Porto seem to churn out players in this position very frequently. And the difference is that Benfica's players in this position are Rafa and or João Mario who are both 27-28, which means that they're comfortably in that position and have that. They're not going to make huge moves. Porto, or excuse me, not Porto. Porto played like a 4-4-2 and I just don't see him settling into that team in the same way because his passing isn't quite good enough to fit like a Fabio Vieira role, for example, that they had last season. It's not, he's not really that player. Whereas at sporting, if you're going to go for like Trincao in the mold of Pedro uh, Uh, Gonzalez in the mold of players like this, or Daniel uh, Braganza, who's fantastic as well. Players like this will move on because they're established in Europe and they're coming up, to be completely honest, with, with European passports, people are be like, oh, these are young ballers coming up from Portugal, and then they'll move on. I think that he can be introduced into that system, make his impact, and then see where he can go from there. Right. The other way that I would look at this, if I'm Thiago Ahmad agent or a representative of his, I'm thinking, is there a system that develops really young players really well In a league where he can have a lot of exposure. Brighton. The talent factory of Brighton will not be overly dependent on him, but you have your grosses and your marches who basically like provide what the culture and and of this of this team and of the city are. And then you just introduce the the Mutomas of the world, right? The Evan Fergusons of the world who are gonna come up out of nowhere. You just have, you know, the players. All around them, who they can fish from the rest of the world, who can be super young and groomed into these positions, right?
1: Yeah, I like that. My question is, how how much better is the MLS compared to the Argentinian leagues? Like, why why is he not at Boca? Why is he not at River Plate? Because because those are the kind of teams that we usually see South American players flourishing. I'm right. wondering,
0: like, genuinely,
1: because I, I don't know. I don't watch Argentinian league. I don't watch. I think the it's how much better I think it's is that
0: it? cheddar cheese, bro? I think that's what it is. I think the the MLS was just like he's sick. Let's give this this team twenty million for him, and they were like, Fair. "Hey, we can do that." Whereas the other Argentinian clubs just don't have the, the same amount of resources to, to bring him in.
1: Yeah,
0: right. They don't have the dough, so they couldn't bring him in. But he was a nasty player. It's just that his impact is still to be made uh, at the highest level going forward. He's only twenty-two now, right? I, I think that he has that in him, and I think if he's able to. And I like the Sporting Shout better, to be honest. Like, I think that would fit his abilities and the more level around him where he can adapt more than Brighton because I just don't know if he's ready to have the kind of impact that the Brighton youngsters seem to have already. Yep. And I don't want to bury him, right? I right? Like, I don't like what happened with Miguel Almiron. Yeah, Almiron yeah awesome because not everybody's going to be
1: able to come back from that. You don't want right. to absolutely destroy his his development.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree. Anyway, so that's, that's at the 10. By the way, the, the order that I have tend to put these in, is I've combined abilities with ceiling and tried to organize whatever the average is that I see, right? Okay. So where are they now? How good can they be? Average it out and then list them one to 10 in that capacity. And then we read them as, as 10 to one. If you want to argue with me that like what you think one player is better so we shouldn't be higher on the list, I will hold my hands up. I think that largely there are tiers of this list that people will be able to, to see. But overall, I think it makes it, I think it is incrementally better. Okay. Fair enough. Coming in at number nine, Mina, an attacking midfielder who put up one of the most ridiculous tallies this season in terms of output that I think needs a shout here. Okay, Mike Tressor, the Belgian attacking midfielder who plays for Genk, played in thirty-four games in the Jupiter Pro League. Okay, he had eight goals and twenty-one assists domestically. <laughs> what, dude? Tw- like, could you just think in about thirty-four games? A in 34 games, he had 29 goal involvements, what the 21 f- of <laughs> which were assists. That's preposterous, bro. I don't care what your XG Everything your flows is. through him. Literally, you're just putting How old is this guy? 23, because they're all you 23, right? So it's basically, 23 like- is my cap. I mean, that can be So it's right? Yeah, if they're 23 or younger. But I just mean, don't think for a second. He's like, oh, well, he surely is 27. Then it just in his prime and sick. Nope, 23 No, years that's old. insane. Now, check this out. Ready? At 21 years old, he was crushing records in the in the Dutch league because he was playing for uh, another club, Willem or something like that. W- Willem 2, I don't know. I, bro, they have Nobody a team cares. called Excelsior in the in the in the Dutch Pro League. Like, we're not. Listen, I can't yeah. name you all the clubs in there. You know what I mean? Some of them are just gonna be silly. It's not worth the name. But the fact is, at 21 years old, he had like 15 goal involvements and 11 of them were assists. This dude knows how to find a pass, and yeah, I think that's yeah. preposterous. He's got, he's got the
1: creative skills.
0: Right. And I like the development of his game has gone like mid-tier in the in the Dutch league to like the top of the Belgian League, which does feature Champions League and Europa League and Conference mm-hmm. League and things like that to give him that exposure. And now what's the incremental next step? It's not top of the world. It's basically moving maybe even back to the top of the Dutch league, right? Because that at the top is better than the seven to Belgian final. League. Yeah. Let so let's let's get into it. He's an advanced playmaker, obviously. If he has that many freaking, things. he's he's created ninety six chances, which I just think is that's ridiculous. madness. Just crazy, bro. Because I think that's, that's more than Kevin De Bruyne has had in the Premier League.
1: Obviously, different levels, yeah, But the adapt, number is outstanding for,
0: level, for sure. He's at, he's the first player in Europe this uh, this season in Europe's top ten leagues, right? So not top five leagues, but the yep. the scope of the top ten to reach ten assists. So from jump, dude was just firing his teammates, finding in people. And I think when you look at his best attributes, which include obviously his his passing as as number one, his pace, his vision, his technique, his creativity, and his dribbling, you have a perfect little pocket of an advanced playmaker here and you go, okay, what do we do with a player like this, right? He's been able to handle the elevations in his jumps from one to the next. What do we do with him now? I think you put him in a club that could really use an advanced playmaker or who will have an advanced playmaker leaving that he can fill the gap of. Right. If he if he meets that level, great. If not, what are you gonna do? He's twenty three years yeah. old. I have three clubs in mind for this. Okay. First up, first up is Ajax. I think Ajax makes sense. We've talked struggling about this season. To might as eventually. well send them
1: to send him somewhere that needs a little bit more creative work.
0: Right, and not to mention, if you can be the like dozon Tadic replacement long term right. for Ajax, is probably a a good little you know void of that best embodies your skill set that you can put in. It'd lack the leadership because he'd only be 23 or 24 coming into the position. But those are young teams anyway. I think you'd fit that really well. And clearly, he knows how to play in the league in a team that's not very good. So imagine him in a team that's very good, right? You can't, mm-hmm. you have to do jumps that way. I think he'd be really good there. Alternatively, I think he'd be pretty good at Lyon because okay. I'm almost certain that one of Bradley Barcola or uh, Rayon Cherky are going to leave Lyon. And those are kind of everything to those player to them. Each of them play respectively. Cherki plays like, inside forward off the right because he's left-footed and the best and we're not going to mention him today on this list because i mentioned him last time in last year's episode and many Shurky, many times is, instance, is algerian right uh i think he declared for algeria yeah he was french initially coming up through the things i think he was eligible for both but yes i think he he did declare for algeria okay and, and him and barcola are both just brilliant little playmakers and electrifying players what Uh, Turkey's doing this season in terms of progressive passes and in terms of like key passes in the final third is literally second and none for anybody in his age group. And I'm just so glad that I talked about him last year because (laughs) we knew that he'd get there. So that's great. So anyway, because he's doing that at that level, I feel like a gap will be opened up somewhere in this team that you could put a player like Trezor into that he would be able to fill the gap of now in one of Europe's top five leagues in a team that, again, is not sick everywhere, but But that does require this skill set. Right. Yeah. Right. Last up, would be Bayer Leverkusen. Okay. Because when the inevitable Florian Verts, because when inevitably Florian Verts decides to leave because he's top three teenager in the world right now, they're going to be like, well, damn, where's all this creativity going to come from? How are we going to score goals and get assists and do all these things that Florian Verts is responsible for? Maybe Mike Tazov is the answer to that. Exactly. Come on down, bro. Is what that is now? Is that a, a 21 French assists? Name or 21
1: assist. Think about that. That's saying. actually crazy. That's that's insane. I'd love to see if he can at least get half of that in like a in a Liga or something like that. Right. Because obviously, it's going to be a lot more difficult for him in a in a bigger league. And if he just carries on, that would be insane. Like he's not lasting at w- yeah. whatever team he moves to for long. Like if he goes at Ajax and just kills it. We know right. the IX talent Factory is just going to demand like $60 million for him and he's going to move. Or exactly. if he goes to like a Leon or someone and just kills it there too, that would be insane. It's to crazy
0: to me that at this point, I feel like our judgment, not just you and me, but like all of us is is a little bit skewed because we look at U23 as though they're like, okay, like where are you at at this point in your career? There's a time when U23 meant prospect. Now it means like five years on from prospect because everybody's coming up. They're so damn good. Yeah, now it means if you're not doing it, then... At 18, then you suck, basically. And it's like, dude, he's 23. Like his whole career is ahead of him. I still think that this is an elite young player who, to be honest, is ready for that next step. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's a huge gap to fill for Florian Verts at Leverkusen. But it wouldn't surprise me if Leverkusen were like, we need a player like this. We need that.
1: Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me either. And I think with some, some league as fast moving and as fast paced as as the bundesliga i think you could probably thrive in that yeah in transition yeah you got now you've got the intelligence of son's son's managing please. him is right unfair just like me, he's gonna be so positionally aware now and and we know he can pick a pass because he's right. doing it anyway so this is, it would be crazy that's it a good shout from you
0: you asked me if uh, if it was a french last name or a belgian last name i yeah. truthfully couldn't tell you t-r-e with the accent s-o-r
1: that could be either room
0: but I think his heritage also lies in Burundi because he has a second last okay. name that he doesn't use anymore. Yeah. Which I I promise you, Mina, I could not tell you if you asked. Me out too. Loic is my favorite person to be originally from Burundi. Exactly, and if he didn't tell us how to say his last name, bro, we wouldn't be able to say. It. We'd have no idea. Yeah, shout out Loic, bro. One of <laughs> our. own. Uh, actually, Loic was on one of the he first ten episodes of the Jersey. Yeah. He was, bro. We did a basketball episode like six years ago and Like was the guy who was on. So that's a deep thing. Right? Always commenting. Deep cut, cut from social media. Yeah, 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 he is, bro. Likes it. Likes it. All. Let's go through it. Number eight. We move to La Liga. Oh. Which is interesting. I think arguably La Liga's best young midfielder this season who plays Oof. outside of a, of a juggernaut. Who's in. not named Pedri. Who's <laughs> not named Pedri. Right? What are you going to do? Like, you can't be Pedri. Nobody, nobody's going to be Pedri's level. Yeah, yeah, his name is Gabriel Vega, and he goes by Gabriel. Where does he play? Gabriel Vega. He plays for Celta Vigo. He's 20 years old, and he's Spanish. Okay, this is, meaning you know, you'll see a, a theme with this. I have he's a box to box midfielder. I have four box to box midfielders on this list. <laughs> above what there. kind of box to box midfielder is he? Because that that can mean a whole lot of things. He's a box to box midfielder who scores goals, and I think that's an incredibly important one because a lot of them are good with assists or with long balls or moving the ball along. I would say his best attribute is scoring from midfield. He's got 29 games played, nine goals and four assists for Celta Vigo in the league. Celta Vigo are not that's, a high score. That's midfielder. actually pretty decent for a 29 goals player in Celta Vigo. That's pretty. Decent. Think about this: Celta Vigo average like 1.4 goals per game, basically, right? Fresh. Which means after 30 games played, they have barely over what just just over 50 40 30, goals just over 40 goals something yeah. like that and he's got basically 25 percent of the team's goals because he's got <laughs> nine of them like dude that's a big deal right not yeah. to mention he's got the assist as well his best attributes are his pace his technique his shooting his movement off the ball and his work rate because contrary to to most spanish midfielders that go forward he actually does work very hard Okay, two tackles per 90, 16 interceptions uh, on the season, meaning he's fiery with the ball too. And I think that's, that's hugely important. This is not a player who gets the ball in a super tight space and then is looking for a long pass. This is a player who gets the ball in stride and moves it forward looking for things to happen. If he doesn't see him, Man, Spain need that so much. Don't they ever. That's exactly Dude. my point here, bro. I couldn't agree more. The fact that he can score with both feet from inside and outside of the box coming from midfield running onto the ball is such a hugely important asset for a player like this because he's not like he's he's about six feet he's pretty tall but he's not like Good. broad right? right so he's more just like he, he gets into i mean he's 20 years, years old he could probably he's like
1: only smash out a few deadlifts for like three months in the summer in <laughs> the off in the <laughs> so offseason, and come back looking like fucking leon Goretzka. Right.
0: i was just gonna say see leon Goretzka on how to put on muscle from center midfield when you're lanky bro yeah instead of to buy honestly he actually get has on, a 40 billion cycle his uh, his uh, release clause is forty million euros this summer, which Celta are I think disappointed about because they well they want it to be matched and I think some teams will go under, but I think they wish after the season he's had that they set it ten to fifteen mil higher. But that that's the nature of the game, right? What are you gonna do? You look at players like this, and I think you start to think of the possibilities of a like goal scoring midfielder which we know once once that player starts, like a progressive midfielder in this market who's press resistant goes for basically 75 million. Like that yeah. tends to be the benchmark for what is. But because he doesn't have the same like ball playing abilities, I won't necessarily credit him with that side of the game. Whereas it's more like take the ball and move it forward. And he's mm-hmm. got the Spanish flag on his passport. I think that adds a tremendous amount to his transfer value, which tells me that he can go to one of three teams and all these teams are at the very top.
1: They all in Spain? Are you looking to keep them in Spain or are you looking to develop? I have
0: some other one option. One option is in Spain. Okay. The first one is Real Madrid. That's the one in Spain. Okay. Okay. The big boys. At no Real pressure kid. <laughs> I think Real Madrid are, are trying to just like marbles, collect these elite young 20 year old world beater midfielders, yep. and then just see what they can do with them. Right. What's our manager? What best iteration can we get the most out of this? Eduardo Camavinga is one of the best in France like number sixes, which was is how he was perceived at the time. And then he would just go on occasional runs where he'd get through five or six people, skip past them, and then play a ball, which wouldn't always be entirely accurate. People went, you know, he's got a and bit of a, like, of a runner into him. Like, I, I
1: think,
0: <laughs> no, well, he goes, I think <laughs> this player's a number eight. And you go, okay, well, this is great. You know, he's a, he's an eight slash six. He can get forward, like box to box, right? Midfielder. What a baller. It- and now, because he's so damn good <laughs> and versatile for the national team, they went. Let's put him at left back, and then Carlo Ancelotti went. I like it. I'm, a I'm copy gonna copy that right back. now. Yeah, yeah, and I can't. But it it goes to and he to locks to the people up the at position. left back, dude. Think about this: the nature of the position when you have the era of of inside fullbacks right of the inverted ones is you want somebody who can carry and who can pass who's press resistant who's good on the ball and who can bring people into play and can get forward on the inside for the underlap or the overlap and he does all those things now i'm not saying pocket rafinha in el classico (laughs) pocket anybody bro he's freaking awesome i'm not suggesting for a second that you're gonna do that with with Vega. but the fact is now it seems like if camavinga has this bernardo silva role we'll call it of miscellaneous positions to fill wherever you have to be an opening has been made for a 38 year old luca madrid to basically say hey if we don't get jude bellingham can we still get a midfielder who's tenacious who's who can carry the ball forward who can still develop his game who's spanish who can wear this badge with pride and so on and so on we can go through the list and i think real madrid go for 40 mil yeah absolutely we can do that bro it'll cost us triple that minimum for jude bellingham yeah absolutely I think that's a good bit of business.
1: I think so too. Um, but I he's definitely ones. not going to get enough game time. He's probably going to be sent no. out on loan. Alternative. Maybe. If he's being Maybe. sent out on loan, what other clubs do you, are you pitching him to?
0: Yeah, I'll say if he doesn't like the proposal of Real Madrid because he wants a little bit more guaranteed game time to continue his development, I think there's a few places he could go. Next up would be uh, Inter. I think okay. that if you put him in the midfield three at Inter, specifically in the Barella role, yeah. he could do some serious damage there and insecure. i think that I, I don't i don't i truthfully couldn't tell you mina if if Barella is going to stay at inter forever or not i i don't know i think it's yeah. so damn good it shocks he's me so that more clubs don't go for him no it's clubs just don't know no, enough i mean about him. i mean like
1: it's so 50 his future is so 50 50 because it's like right right if right. a club recognizes that they need a player like that Barella's is on the top of that list hundred percent. no one ever picks him up No, exactly. It's kind of like Sergei Malik, which has been at Lazio for for too
0: long. Yeah, exactly. It's the same thing. It's like, dude, this dude could have moved for serious money way sooner. And I think, listen, if Barella's happy in Italy, then this gap doesn't open up in the Inter team and we move on. He doesn't need to go there. But if you're Inter and you have financial burdens, which we know they have, and you have an elite player, which we know they have, who can rake you in 80 mil, buddy, I I got a suggestion for you. Sell him. Because Barella will kick ass in pretty much every team in the world. By the way, no matter where he goes, because he, he's that damn good, to which an opening opens up for half the price of what you'd sell Borella for, and then you have a player who can carry the ball, who can do, who can be energetic, and he's not—it's not a perfect comparison, obviously there never is—but I think the attributes fit the style of play and the gap that would be opened up there for him to fit in and slide in really nicely. You mentioned Sergei Malinkovic-Savage.
1: Would you also put him in somewhere like a Lazio if if uh, SMS actually decides to move?
0: Uh, Malinkovic-Savage is far better at moving the ball with his feet, like kicking it, than uh, I think Gabri is. So it's a different role because I like that Gabri can essentially push the ball forward when necessary, not forward, yeah. his set-piece delivery. Whereas Sergei Malinkovic-Savage, I think, is like a top-five like whip-in-the-ball kind of guys in the world. Like his placement for the ball is outstanding, and that's not the same skill set as Gabri Vega. But if you were reconfiguring the team to a new system in a midfield three in Serie A, wherever that is, I could see him playing there and succeeding. Last up would be Liverpool. Liverpool have a a huge need for quality midfielders because they have... they do like none (laughs) basically (laughs) right basically they're they're gonna need like three midfielders and all of them need to be really really good and yes you could say well don't they have you know Bacetic the the kid and Curtis Jones the kid and Harvey Elliott the kid so don't they have enough kids yes they do they do have a lot of kids I'm suggesting they go get another one because this guy's really really good (laughs) and if they want some really really good ones he's there and he exists and I think after the season he's had scoring goals for midfield is a bit different than what Liverpool have done in years past they tend to try to lock up in midfield and then with their center backs and all of their attacking prowess comes from the front three from the the fullbacks but that whole system like that we once knew doesn't exist anymore it's very very different now right it's extremely different the fact that Mane is not there the fact that Firmino isn't as involved in the team the fact that now Trent, like just in the last what month has become an inverted fullback so now he's basically a midfielder exclusively and he's killing it there means that the whole team is open for a bit of a reconfiguration and if you're liverpool and you know you can't go get jude bellingham but you want to go get a pretty press resistant midfielder who can work on his passing fair, but you, you have players at liverpool who can pass but a dude who's tenacious who can tackle who can run and who can score for midfield i don't think a lot of teams will be ready for that i mean a lot of like a lot of teams don't expect that from liverpool so i think if they're concerned with you know where the ball's coming in from and, and the fact that the 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 attacking players are all in the box, like what are you gonna do? There might be space at the top of the box wherein we've seen that Gabriel Vega goes, Cool, I'll take this. Boom. Bit of a bit of a like you remember Aaron Ramsey in like 2016, like yeah. before the injuries, when he was just like every week, bro had like 15 goals in the premier. Like Aaron Ramsey, what do you do? It's a bit of that in him, right? Right? It's not like the silkiest dribbling, but it's the work rate and that that ability to hit the ball. That I All of think, a sudden,
1: he's carried the ball forward fifteen yards.
0: Right, and, and then shoots it top corner on a volley. You're like, what the? Where did this come from? I think yeah. there's a bit of that in him, and I think when you, I think a lot of teams could use that. Simple as.
1: No, that's cool. Um, definitely one to look out for then.
0: Oh yeah, a huge one to look out for. Like, th- like he's a really, really elite one. His level this season has been very good, and his ceiling. I don't know how high his ceiling is because it's it's always that you run the risk with the with the young players, and because he's only twenty who knows maybe next season he falls off that could happen as well but i think seasons like this tend to be a bit of a breakout season for him where next season we're going to see is he that guy or was this just a really good year for him i'm putting my eggs in the basket of people are looking at him he's got a price tag for 40 mil this year i think people after the season he's had will take the risk on him and i think if they do they're going to get a really really good player out
1: of him listen i'm sure someone as like high-profile as like Celta Vigo in La Liga, he's definitely on a list somewhere. Like, there's definitely clubs oh, yeah. that have, like, a top 20 target list, and he's definitely on I it.
0: guarantee you the three I've just listed have, have scouted him before. I guarantee okay. you. Like, it's impossible to me that, if I've considered it, that they have not that's, yeah, their that's job true. job to do that. That's true. <laughs> <You know, laughs> Especially like, someone
1: like Real Madrid, where it's like, you have to be a, aware of who's in your league. Right,
0: 100%. Next up at number seven, I've got... An interesting one because I think it's a bit of a resurgence. I I actually really like the way that this dude has developed his game because he's a world beater, but he just couldn't break in where he needed to. Now I think he's ready to jump back up. Strahinja Pavlovic, the 21-year-old Serbian center back, was once a property of Monaco and couldn't get in ahead of Adyashil. Okay? And basically went, listen, I'm not really cut out for a back three. I can't really get the minutes I want here but I think I need to be playing because he's 21 years old now. So who who'd he go to Salzburg? That's okay. a developmental league, bro. That is a in a back league. four in particular, because I really think that he's best in a center back partnership and not in a back three. I think he's a little bit too like wide for that. I don't, I wouldn't, okay. I wouldn't like that, but in a back four where he can have, he can be the left sided center back. Cause he's left footed, which is always a gem. This dude is a, dominant center back mina he's super strong he's aggressive he's not afraid of anything uh in terms of in tackling in terms of blocking the shots he wants to stop that ball by any means necessary which often translates to a very clunky and reckless defender but he's not he's got really really decent yeah. composure his pace is okay for a player of his size like i wouldn't call him fast but also not slow right and he's got like i mentioned just decent enough composure for the responsibilities of the position he plays in a team that has pos- possession because they're the best team in that league right so he's he ha- he was once compared to i don't think that this is accurate anymore because i think he's filled out to the point where it kind of he's changed his game but there was a time when they were saying this dude could be something similar to Eric laporte and that was only two years ago now i think he's just like so Too jacked big. and I, I think that it's a little bit different than what laporte is because laporte is like I, I don't care top three passer from center back in the Premier League. I apologize that people just don't realize it because he had injury-prone issues and he got bullied off the ball yeah. a little bit at times. That happens. He's got limitations in this game too. Pavlovic will never get bullied off the ball. Pavlovic is not going <laughs> so to lose shoulder-to-shoulder. Serbian defenders usually back. don't get bullied off the ball. No, this dude is so absolutely jacked and he's a menace to defend against. And when you look at these physical dominant guys who are decent progressive carriers, but not necessarily like that's not their game good enough on the ball where i wouldn't call him a press resistant center back with the best passing range in the world but when he's a team in possession which is like where he's going to go to if he moves up in the world he's going to be a player who continues to develop that side of his game or alternatively if he gets scouted to a team that really really needs a good defender he will be able to show off his best attributes and just kick so much ass
1: now does that mean he's he's good on a high line or or does he prefer sitting deeper a team that kind of like plays
0: not maybe a low block but just kind of like a medium block and doesn't push that high up i personally don't like the idea of center backs who are not extraordinarily quick to sit on a high line just because yep. if you get spun like it's, we're not even talking about you're defending anymore it's just no you're not, you're not you're not going to be able to catch up right what i'm more suggesting is his ability to defend is very very good so if his team is working the ball up i wouldn't put him at man city by any stretch but i might put him at a team like atletico madrid okay? okay because i think cholo Simeone in particular would look at would be licking his lips salivating at the <laughs> opportunity to have a menace world beater center back back in his team cuz let's be real atletico madrid have kind of lost that right gone are the days of diego godin who yeah, they just don't have that you know anymore. and miranda and like these dudes who are just mean mean mugging people yeah, yeah. killing them they don't have that anymore and i think cholo kind of misses that a little bit i think that they're lacking that pure menacing ability to be a hater and and win the game through villainous ways i don't think they have that in the same way anymore and i think that um that pavlovich would offer that sounds though, like, like a good i said fit that for would be- Milan, though. As well as Atleti. It's because Inter play in a back three that I was very hesitant. Because he's left-footed in a back three and they have uh, a player there currently, right? Like, they currently, Inter Milan, have... Well, to be honest, a wealth of centre-back options. Oh, but only back I think Scriniar's
1: got one year left on his, on his contract,
0: though. Skriniar is going to go to PSG, but screenyard plays yeah. on the right side, right? Okay. On the left side, currently, they have... Uh, who's my boy there? I can't believe I'm forgetting his, his name. My, my name recognition today is just all over the place, and I... <laughs> Sincerely apologize for that. But basically it's Bastoni. Bastoni is their their left-footed center back who plays in their back three there. And to be Bastoni honest, he, I think he's also got a year a year he's left time. on his contract. I think I would I be think surprised Bastoni... if he doesn't renew just because he's a town. Yeah. if he does, like I said, I don't like the idea of him playing in a back three. I think he's not quite got the attributes for that. I think he'd be better in a back two. So I looked at, but I'm not opposed to the Serie a show. I just went for a different one. I think, I think get ready for this, Vita. If you put him next to like Kim Min Jae.
1: I was gonna say if Kim Min Jae I, moves Napoli, well,
0: because if Kim, Kim Min, Min Jae might over move one, if he just moves to the right, because he's the left-sided <laughs> centre back, but as a right-footed player, I just want him to move laterally. I don't want to move teams. Yeah, I, 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 I don't, don't want know. if him...
1: Napoli's gonna be looking to sell because Napoli is one of the teams in, in Italy that don't need to make money, right? But like I know no. that Kim Min Jae is on the top of a lot of people's lists, especially after that World Cup. Yeah. If he does end up selling, and they get rid of someone like Osimhen as well they're going to need
0: to to make some signings and, and maybe this guy comes in. I wouldn't be opposed to him entering that team. I would just really like to see it as Kim Min Jay's partner. Cause I think the development yeah. that Kim Min Jay has had, to be honest, without a great center back playing next to him has been remarkable for him. And I think if he mm-hmm. continues with that and then, napoli develop a really really good cat and dog center back partnership where kim and jay can be all that he is which is fantastic right we, we've credited him how many times this season for being arguably the best center back in the world this season on form yeah. and you're going to put him next to a left-footed world beater so now napoli have their passing angles right from the back too it would be really really good and in that scenario it's not like napoli play all the time with the highest of lines anyway napoli are no. oftentimes our trying to hurt teams using the pace that they have up front. And they do that by not over committing bodies forward, because if they do, then those players don't have necessarily the same space to run into. Right. So I think you either go for, I think both of these would, would suit Pavlovich's style of play really, really well. Cause either he would be a pure dominant center back responsible with keeping clean sheets or continue to develop his game on the other side while also, you know, using his defensive abilities where necessary. I'm liking it. Fair enough. I like the show. Dude, we're about to go fringe as hell for this next one, man. But I put him at number six because this dude's so damn good, Mina. I actually had a person DM me on Instagram. So shout out. Hold on. I'm going to shout him out in a second. But I I won't say his name just because I I don't (laughs) want him to get uh, messages. People hate him because that happens sometimes. And that happens to me. Like people come at me and say, don't kill yourself. I hate you because this is a bad (laughs) thing. I don't want him to get that same thing. So I'm not going to shout him out. But if you're listening, you know who you are. You know who you are. Yeah. He's a Feyenoord fan. And he messaged me one time because he looked at the jersey wall and he said, bro, I hate that you don't have any Dutch jerseys on this wall. And I said, I have an Ajax jersey. And he said, yeah, Ix suck. Ajax sucks. You need to have a Feyenoord jersey. And I said, okay, bro, like pump the brakes here. Why? Tell me about Feyenoord. And so he basically explained to me what's going on with Feyenoord this season. And by the way, they're, they're top of the league. Feyenoord have had have yeah, a they are. campaign. Yeah, right? Ajax, Ajax is struggling. I asked him, I was like, okay, well, who, who am I looking out for here? Like, if I'm looking out for, for fine artists because I want to know who their best players are, who who's going to be moving along, because largely it's a developmental league and people are going to move on. He told me, bro, our captain, Orkin Kokcu, okay? He's a 22-year-old center mid from Turkey. I actually this know him. He got linked to your heart. Of, the team. of course he did.
1: This dude is LinkedIn the idea. heart
0: of the damn team. And I didn't know about him. I'd, like, bro, I fully admit, to, I hold my hands up. This dude messaged me about him maybe three months ago. And said, Nathan, this is the one. Like, this yeah. dude is an absolute leader. So I want to go into it and tell you what's so great about him. Cause I was like, I, I don't I hadn't heard of him before he told me, but I had an actual fan of the club reach out to me to tell me, you need to get this dude on this. Like, if you if you have a serious jersey wall here, this is the kind of baller that you need. I said, Okay, let's look into it. 28 games played, eight goals and two assists from the p- deep playmaking role in a double pivot, Mina. Yeah. Okay the absolute heart of finding captaining them one. to the top yeah i'm, I'm I like, like me a little bit of this <laughs> yeah th- this is a good show for you right i'm gonna go into it you could tell me about it because of course he was linked to united this is a skill set that doesn't go unnoticed for anybody by the way for sure. 78 chances created from deep okay stupid that's he's stupid out, he's outperforming his xg which is what you want right he has uh his xg is supposed to be five he has eight Okay, so he's doing better than the amount of goals he should. Meaning, his finishing, he's picking it up, and he's underperforming his expected assists. He's only got two assists; he should have seven. Okay, okay. fine.
1: someone needs to finish the food, guys.
0: Yeah, like come this on, guys. Guys, this guy's, guys setting for it for up for you, Just putting the you, captain putting for you on a plate. I think that the fact that it's his breakout season, in a t te- like, and they're about to win the league, is a really really nice combination, right? Because he's basically coming up as the captain, as the leader of this team, and propelling his side to victory right away. That's a, what a remarkable story. story. What, a, like, what a remarkable story. His best attributes, Mina? Passing, vision, creativity, long shots, and set pieces. Who can't Keep use this? Play a blind playmaker, man.
1: Everybody wants this guy. Everybody wants it. Everybody
0: wants a little bit of that. I would say to make the best of a player's skill set who looks like this, you need to put him with a double pivot partner who can smash who can game control who can basically make sure that he can do his thing to set up the team for the best success do we agree we agree so i had to look around i'm like okay well who could really really use a player like this then who has that (laughs) other player or at least some iteration of it but who desperately needs a player of these abilities and i found two in particular Now, you mentioned united so if you want to tell me about where you'd see him at united i'm i mean your explanation for for
1: who who he needs next to him we have one of the best of those and it's casemiro like like gone are the days where where scom and fred are playing in the midfield so yeah pretty much like if if it's not the best it's it's down to personal preference right like he's he's the guy um and not the best in the world currently (laughs) 31 yeah yeah um and we definitely need someone in because when Casemiro's not there or when Ericsson's not there, we struggle a little bit. And having someone, yeah. it's Kokju, right? There's a K before the ch. There is, but yeah. there's like crazy amount of dots there's on like so every many dots. letter. There's, there's so many, many dots. dots. He's got like this rail guys above, above his in name, man. With donor kebabs because he's that <laughs> Turkish. Like, <laughs> this dude's so Turkish. Right.
0: Um, but but yeah, like Turkey it, got it, some we good ones, need bro. Someone like, the like Turkey that. redemption arc for the next euro is gonna be crazy because they're the laughing right, stock the he's, last one. Yeah. They're, they're gonna they come were... back with just these elite ballers that no one knows the name of are Take Goular over Europe, like and the, the and they're just gonna absolutely murder everybody, <laughs> literally. <laughs> so funny, so man. who do, who did you pitch him for? Because I picked two I, uh, in, in particular. My head, United and Chelsea, but up to Okay, I went I looked at I looked at the teams, I looked at Necessity, and I went. If you put him at Chelsea, you are dooming him because <laughs> Chelsea, everything if that Chelsea touches a lot of turns, turns black right now. <laughs> you're dooming them. You can't put anybody new at Chelsea until you evacuate the squad. Oh, that's and true, that's true. If they get Pochettino, I did think about this, and I was like, okay, well, he, he might be decent there. And then I went, no, they have Enzo. Why on earth would they need that? Like, they have ah, Enzo and or have... Kovacic. So I was like, they have billions of, of players. There's, yeah. no, there's no reason for him to be there because him and Enzo wouldn't... One of them work. needs the ball. No, you no need, like, it wouldn't they would, work as well. They would each take away from how good the other one is. They both yeah. need the, the other player to complement them. So I was like, no, can't do that. With United, I considered it and went, mm, okay. I could see, a, I mean, Casemiro is like one of one in that position. That's the problem. So alternatively, you have really nothing. If, if something happens to Casemiro, then you're, you're kind of dooming him. So I went, okay, where who really needs somebody? Who is a lot of players that can like make things? energy happen right and make interceptions happen but who can't like play the decisive pass into into the final third and who can't like control games from midfield and i want well first and foremost i gotta look at tottenham because the tottenham rebuild that's coming don't is... send people a man. dude no here's the thing we have to evacuate it's it's terrible what's going on at tottenham but if we're ever going to get tottenham out of this which is our responsibility not as not as people who hate tottenham but as jersey wall hosts yeah we have to save the world right? we've that done what it we do before here. and they don't listen I don't listen, but that's on them, right? I, I'm not going to stop trying because they won't have it because then I become toxic. If they're toxic, that's on them. I'm going to provide all the solutions that I can, all right? The amount of players that Tottenham have who can basically break up play and nothing more is abundant, right? Basuma can't get in the team, even though he's probably the best one at this. Bentenker Tenker is, is decent, right? The Walmart Rodri, we'll call him, right? Aggressively, <laughs> he's aggressively okay at times. Hoybeer sucks, but that's like the only thing that he's good at is running and, and hitting the play. He sucks at everything else. I'd keep Hoybeer the, the hell away from this. But he does run and break up play, which is exactly kind of what you need next to this, right? So you have Pape Sar, Oliver Skip, like, all of them. Next they to all sucks at Soko would be crazy. I want, dude, all of it. All of it. They're all garbage. I actually would love to see it as just Eves Bisumo, who's already there, give him his stupid yeah. run of games already because he can play. Like, we forget I I Moises Caicedo found his team in the br-
1: 60 million on him. And just right. decided not to
0: play him. Like Moises Caicedo, regen Moises Caicedo would not have existed if not for Eves Basuma leaving, leaving the team. Yeah. And that's what Bisuma was at, at that point for the team. I think if you played him next to Bisuma, well, now we can actually talk about a very decent double pivot as it develops. Because Eves Basuma was linked to City as Rodri's backup at one point. Right. That doesn't happen by accident. Okay. With City in particular, now, we ended up getting Calvin Phillips because Calvin Phillips was solely responsible for all the chaos for basically balancing out all the chaos that leads under Bielsa Ball. So he had to just be everywhere all the time and tackle everything and get the ball wherever necessary. And, and Pep, they're getting yes. relegated. Now they're getting relegated, right? If you're Tottenham in particular, you need a, you. you haven't had this since Christian Eriksen, right? Christian Eriksen yeah, naturally now is at United. Had, you know, the ability to control the game and okay, under Pochettino, you could say Eriksen kind of drifted out, but largely Eriksen was able to, especially towards the end of his tenure at Spurs, take the game by control by the scruff of its neck and say, let's go get it. And I think that's a hugely impressive skill set. I think that the ascension from uh, from Kochu this season has basically been, I'm the leader, I'm the captain, th- this team runs through me. And that shift in mentality is like so long overdue for Spurs. that when you partner with a midfielder who can actually run and move and destroy and add that extra body feeling, well, now we do can start to work, talk about how space. to build, right, do the dirty work. Then we can start to talk about okay, how far are we from developing a proper spine for Tottenham? We know it's going to be with a back three because it has to be with a back three under the next manager because it has wing backs, which means we need a midfielder who can control the game, a midfield who can destroy things, and then even maybe one more midfielder if they're gonna play a three five two. Create. We can start to talk about that on a Spurs rebuild on another day, but for now, we're two out of three pieces there, right? Like we're talking about trying to fill a midfield, yeah, totally. a midfield gap. That includes two wingbacks that we already know the name of. It'll be uh, Destiny Udogie and Pedro Poro. Then it'll be Eves Basuma, ideally in this system. Maybe it'll be Bentziker as well, and then him. It lacks and a little bit of creativity in that ideal system. It's basically, it. Right, but that's that's pretty decent, and it's way better than what they have now. I think oh, just the, just the introduction of one, dude. Oliver Skip pops are like what are what like, are we, what are we talking is? about? Yeah, this yeah, yeah. is just awful no They're this is the start of a of good barrel.
1: spine for tottenham like I, I you're right he he would definitely do well there and i think his skill set lends him lends nicely into the into the premier league like yes, that's why he's getting linked to united like that's I why agree. i think you're you're right like he would do well at spurs um i'm I'm interested to see where else you put him in
0: europe alternatively i have newcastle yeah and really it's just that newcastle in the rebuild i think newcastle i think what bruno Guimaraes is just Everything, like just said, everything, for this said, team, totally. and he's always moving and he's everywhere on the pitch. And then Jolington does similar, but not so much on the ball; just kind of run, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, like carry, run, you know, do the things. Very robust, rudimentary skill set here, but it, it it tends to be working. But it's working. Them. We know that Maddie Longstaff is definitely the weak point of this midfield, and Maddie Longstaff has that responsibility right now. And I think that that is overdue for an upgrade, and it will have an upgrade. And I think if you're, this is the upgrade, right? You're bringing in an elite young U23 player who can control the game, and we've seen it. Who's now going to be placed in a pivot with Bruno Gimadeish, and maybe there's a scenario where Newcastle will get James Madison from a relegated Leicester, and now you have a midfield three that's basically perfect. One of the best midfield threes in,
1: in the top six, then.
0: Right, you have your, you have your, your everybody's perfect in that scenario because everybody yeah. knows what their skill set is and they would be sick. I mean, mind you, okay, we can talk about quality of depth and everything else, but just for those three to complement each other, you're not getting mission. a whole lot better, right? Yeah. It's pretty freaking sick. I think it works out. I don't know if, if that's a better place for him than Tottenham. Maybe they're about even, you know, obviously Newcastle are way more subtle. I think, right I now think Newcastle's
1: Spurs. ceiling is a lot higher than Tottenham.
0: You're probably right. I I would agree with that. But I do think that his responsibility at Tottenham can be overstated. So like the importance of him coming into That's that true. team would be monumental. Whereas Newcastle, because they're kind of building everybody, he might just be another part of that team. So it's, you know, it's all about preference at that point. That Agreed? is, uh, the, yeah, I, I would agree with that. If if I can give
1: any player any advice, it's just don't go to Spurs. Like, Spurs
0: yeah, literally. Don't bro. go to Spurs. I hate that the truth. We have, uh, our, we can move into our top five now.
1: And Ooh, got, exciting
0: times. This is this is very exciting times because the names... We'll start to know them a little better. Maybe we still won't know number five, but starting at four, I think we'll people will be like, ah, yes, I know this guy. At number five, not to skip over him too quickly because this dude's a monster as well, it's Quadio Kone, who's a 21-year-old defensive midfielder who's French and plays for Gladbach. Of course, he's French. Naturally. Had to be, right? French have totally. so I don't know if he's going to get... I wonder if just if, declare for Ivory Coast, dude. Be should the Yaya Toure. You know why? No, you know he's not the Yaya Toure. You know who he is, Mina?
1: Who, who is he?
0: He's Frank Kessie. <laughs> <laughs> he's just Frank Kessie. It's exactly what he is. He That's is. He's just. He's awesome. Here's the thing. Um. Yeah. He is. He's very, very similar to Frank Kessie in the sense of like he's a dominant box to box. I'll call him a DM because he like he's just the extra man. Like the amount of work that he does and the size and physicality of it makes you think that there's two guys. Which is hugely important, right? You want to talk about ideal partnership, Mina? I think I just made a perfect double pivot. Buck Chu and, and Kone as a double pivot yeah. kicks ass, kicks ass. You <laughs> 21 kick ass combo here. Anyway, he's boxing. Box. Sign both of them. Literally, sign both of them and fire everybody else. I just start from scratch here. He's pacey. His passing is decent. His athleticism is remarkable. His tackling is t- his tenacity and his stamina. That was one time what Frank Kessie was, and then Frank Kessie took levels on. I have no reason to doubt, based on the development that he has gone through, coming from Toulouse and then moving into uh, Gladbach, that the next gradual step of his development is adding a little bit more of that end product in the final third if he's being classified as a box-to-box midfielder. If he's Ivorian, Mina, it's all the better. Because if you're French, bro, we're gonna it's gonna get washed, right? We're gonna be like, so oh. many
1: French. Another French, he's French one, get, like yeah, he's not gonna he, he's be. Not gonna be called, than uh, like, he's not gonna be better than so
0: He's not gonna be better than Kemavenga. We're yeah. not gonna look at him and be like, oh yeah, he's gonna be part of that corporate But if he's Ivorian, we're gonna be like, yo, yeah, yeah, yo, Frank Kessie, yo, he's gonna. This is like the elite Afgan by storm. Yeah, exactly, bro. This is the dude representing Mama Africa here, right? Like, yeah. this is a big deal. And I think he's sick. And I think, to be honest, his. I think it's really telling too that I would argue. One of, if not his best game of the season this year was against Bayern Munich, wherein he had six out of six successful dribbles, okay? Three tackles, three interceptions, and one 10 out of 16 <laughs> duels. You know who he, he was, was playing against? Playing against freaking Kimmich and Goretzka. Yeah, Murdering. No, like, bro. bossing. against Against the best midfield, against midfield, against midfield, midfield in the league. He's, that was his best game. So the fact that he can rise to the occasion, That's I think hilarious. is also hugely important. So, you know, you look at where where should he go? Where should a player like this go? Well, AC Milan have a Frank kessie size hole in it, and I think that uh, I'll be, be sick. The regen. It would be sick if they if they just regen here if they spawned in a new one. It's not the top of AC Milan's priority list, to be completely honest. I think that the attacking creativity, somebody to help lay out, somebody to balance out the other side of the team, are all things one you might to have be to younger do more. than forty two and and Yeah, the <laughs> aggregate age has to you know decrease from ninety to you know. From Zlatan and, and Olivier Giroud, just still right. still leading the line for AC Milan. So damn old. So, I mean, they have other priorities, and I wouldn't say that he, his best attribute is, is his attacking ability, so I wouldn't put him at, like, a cam. And if you have your midfield three of basically Tanali, him, and Benessar, well, you have, like, really, really hard-working midfield. Right? Like, a proper, like, 1940s working man midfield, a blue-collar midfield there. <laughs> works very hard and is very, very Sean good. Sean is
1: going to take over AC
0: Milan. <laughs> yeah though might lack a, a splash of dynamism they they can offer it at times but maybe you want like one creative player who's not brahim diaz or rafa layout to just save right. the day again and again and again not the top of the priority list but i think would be a monumental asset to have for them because we know what he was towards the end of his tenure there he, he won them the league right mm-hmm. the penalty taker the captain the leader in midfield it was very hard to do anything against. And I think if his ceiling is something similar and he can avoid the mistakes that Kessian made, and by that, I mean, going to Barca, wherein he's revered as the sixth best midfielder when he's actually That's probably actually the third. Just yeah. Right? Like he's probably the third best midfielder at Barca and he, and they consider him like, you know, as though he's not. A Barca-style not, midfielder. It was just, they're never going to appreciate no. someone like him. They won't and but he's comfortable to be there like i'm not hating on frank Kessie, bro go make your money go go win whatever barca wins if he's happy they're good for you but in terms of like impact in europe i think that europe needs a frank Kessie. and if yeah. he if frank Kessie doesn't want to be that because he wants to just sit on the bench of barca well then we have an opportunity for redemption here right kone could be that guy so alternatively who else could use a frank Kessie mid like for the full use of the skill set Liverpool again. Yeah, Liverpool Dude, definitely. They need midfielders, and that would actually be. They need bargain midfielders too. Like this the, one works this even be better than the other one, right? Because he would be pretty much everything that Liverpool are used to in what a midfielders. Everything be, they thought Newcastle was
1: going to be, except he's not going <laughs> to cost seventy-five million pounds.
0: Yeah, and shit the bed. He's actually, he's going to be well, not going to win here. I would trust that he would be that he would be sick for them because, to be honest, everything that he's indicated in his entire career is that he's going to be awesome. He is absolutely awesome, and his ceiling is super super high i'm excited and he's only adding to his game you got me hyped i think his skill set lends itself really nicely to the premier league if that means liverpool that's obviously devastating for us because we hate liverpool but it would be very appropriate for how we're used to seeing the best version of the liverpool system and what his game can bring
1: dude i want to see him i want to see him in the premier league now me too same here or or if he's at ac milan that would be actually
0: sick That, that would just be amazing vibes yeah it would be yeah it totally would be for either of them. So he's six. So just keep an eye out for him. Okay. Uh, moving into number four, the one that you called me out on before we started this, <laughs> I don't see, I don't like when straight gifts that open. only gave once. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the perfect Christmas present for all clubs who want to buy him. if not in the summer, then in January. Gift Orban is considered to be the next Erling Holland. Erling Holland is the next Erling Holland. Erling Holland's <laughs> 22 years old. Shut up, guys. Like enough with this overhype of them. But his minutes per goal ratio is ludicrous. It's, it's, it's absolutely preposterous. It's better just... than r nine. Is better than Holland. Is is the best goals per minute ratio there's ever been. He he basically scores every ten minutes. <laughs> like, in case <laughs> anybody's wondering, he literally scores every every ten minutes. He scores a goal. Uh, domestically. How many goals did he score? He's he's literally got like better than a goal a game in the league. He's got better than a goal a game in the conference league. And he's no stranger, Mina. Get this. He's by the way, 21, 20 years old, uh, Nigerian, and plays for Ghent. Okay. Get this, Vita. In a six game run, I just want to talk about his form, right? Because his form is just like ridiculous when we talk about a 20 year old. Teams are sometimes hesitant to have to appoint strikers as 20 year olds. So I, I have considered that when we're talking about what his next club will be. Because you basically go, if he's into the limelight too soon, and then he gets flushed with it, he might lose it. And, and we don't want it to do that. We want to nurture it and cultivate it. I mean, he could go on a six game run of form, just six games, six games, forget like longer than yeah, that, yeah. Okay? just a, in little bursts, 11 goals and two assists. <laughs> You're like, gift, what are we talking about here, man? What are you doing? Every chance, every chance. Like, yeah, no problem. I'm gonna finish it. I did this watch mood- some
1: some videos of him. I think I think he's explosive. He definitely runs in behind <laughs> really well, and he's yeah. very narrow. It's just it's the goals per minute ratio just killed me. Yeah, what is it? Tell the people. I think it was like every goal a goal every fourteen minutes or something like that. It was insane. every
0: fourteen minutes, bro. Can you imagine? Just ridiculous. And obviously, like that's that's a small sample size, but yeah. largely he averages literally better than a goal a game as his as his ratio he was born to score it it eyes, right like this is one of those players you talk about strikers can they develop it can they have it they got all the attributes but they're just missing that final touch that is not him he is literally born to score he was born with the ability to just understand movement and pace his best attributes his finishing his technique his pace his acceleration his instincts his movement all of it literally all the all of the perfect attributes you'd want in your dream striker is what gift orban is and it's so appropriate that his name is gift. Can I please
1: um also orban in Arabic means gift. So his name is gift shut up. No so, it doesn't <laughs> are you serious yeah that's or like so sacrifice funny. gift.
0: Yeah kind of like that that kind of
1: yeah 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 that's the kind his name of is gift uh, gift his name is gift gift he's the ultimate um, present
0: that's the craziest <laughs> shit I've ever heard in my entire life. Wow which is hilarious. Gift gift
1: before you <laughs> before you pitch him to a team can I tell you what his highlight reel screamed to me. Club Bruce.
0: <laughs> Why?
1: I don't know. Jervenio Regen. Just like he he kind of like Gervinio to Regen. me. That's what it looks like. This guy could definitely light some people up in the early stages of the Champions League. And then when they get dropped into the Europa League, he's going to light it up in the Europa
0: League. That's just, to me, that's I that's see. what it's going to look like. Well, he, he but- lit it up in the Conference League. He scored a hat-trick, right? Like, he, he scored yeah. against, against the Turkish team. Dude, he's crazy. For me, there's there's one club above all else. I don't mind that. I don't mind the club, Brucho, to be honest. I think he'd be fine there, right? That's just a different club in Belgium, right? So it's just a lateral move in Belgium. For me, it's all about stepping up, right? Because he's ready for the for the next for the next one. We know the drill at this point. Dortmund, go get your Dortmund. boy. Right? Yeah. Dortmund, go get your boy. What are we doing here? We know that Dortmund are going to go get him for 20 mil. He's going 60 lips. goals.
1: 20? And then sell they're gonna him They're going to go get him for 2.5 million and sell him off later <laughs> for 75.
0: No, bro. I think it'll be 20. Well, the they 200 got million release clause. Uh, yeah, literally. They're just going to sell him off for however much it is. I think the point is Dortmund are about to do some real good business on Gift Orban because there's not really a damn thing anybody could do about it, right? Like, no one's going to say, <laughs> oh, yeah, Dortmund's not a good place for him to go. Dortmund's a perfect place for him to go. Imagine there's him playing no next to Krimadayemi. Like, oh, my the God, pace. Dortmund's
1: going to get him. We, we need to put a bid in for him. No one's going to do that. He's going to go right. to Dortmund uncontested, and that's, that's it.
0: I think it'll just be the clubs that contest will be all the other, like, middle clubs, so it'll be, like, teams that the are pretty really good. Well, Bruges, but like, let's say like the mid-table Premier League teams are like, oh, we can take the chance on him. And then he'll be like, why would I want to go there ahead of Bersha Dortmund? And they'll be like, you got us there, Chief. I got no answer for you. If not, Dortmund, I think stylistically... (laughs) Literally, come on down. I think it would be interesting to see him fill the void left by Ivan Toni at Brentford. He's a very different striker than Ivan Toni. But I think in terms of necessity for a striker... Brentford will have a tremendous vacancy that if they don't fill with guaranteed goals, they're screwed. They're gonna get relegated. Simple as. Because yeah. Ivan Tony, I think will he will be mentioned on this show, like again, really, really soon.
1: Basically, because either for moving don't to a big six club or for getting banned because of all his bets. Like <laughs> well, one bro, of He the bet
0: two. on himself to score and then scores. Like that's yeah. that's the dream, to be honest. That's exactly what you should be doing. Imagine if Erling Holland did that. Holland would have would be a billionaire endless money dude. It's Endless money. Passive it's a info. cheat code yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a cheat code it's a hack i think that it's a very different style striker don't get me wrong but ivan tony in the championship had like 31 goals in the championship right or something crazy like that wasn't it maybe it was more it was yeah like, it was he broke no, was the record for championship it was like 40 it was whatever it was, it was stupid and people were like damn i wonder if he'll be able to replicate something he looks more of an smile
1: sr to me than than
0: ivan tony You're right. No, no, I'm not talking about player profiles. I'm talking about need for goals in the team, because then, because Brentford were heavily relying on that in the championship, they came up. He got what 15 last year, and this year he's already got over 20. And people aren't talking about it because Kane has 25, and he's 10 behind the next best, which is Holland, which is preposterous. So the race is skewed this year. But if Brentford basically go, okay, we're going to lose Tony for sure, so we need to go get someone who's proven on a much lower level who can just who's born to score, and we can just hope we can adapt our game to try to have someone who can finish and then they can make the money again a year later. I think that it makes sense for a team like, a them. like them, right? Just because let's be real. Like they're going to need now. I'm sure if not for this, then Brentford are going to go find somebody who we've never heard of and, and bring them into the team and then he'll be sick or promote somebody who we don't know of, or they'll just get he'll relegated. Be sick or they'll get relegated. Right. Cause that'll be, that's always right there in the primary. Yeah. But I would imagine their plan to stay up is knowing we're not going to keep Tony forever, so we need somebody who's a good striker, but not somebody who we can take a chance on. Somebody who can finish. So our only necessity will be: can we give him the ball? Because when your minutes per goal ratio is fifteen, we know that you know how that can translate to at least ten goals in the prep, at least fifteen goals in the prem, and that's what Thing had last year. That's what Tony. You hope last year. So. so. Just enough to keep them up, right? Enough to keep them in the league is all they're asking for. That way, they could sell them for a lot more. Yeah. Bigger. But if you're asking me personally, I think that it's a Dortmund. Like, no question about it, a
1: Dortmund move. That's true. I'm gonna I'm gonna say he's going to Bruges and then he's gonna go to Dortmund. I think I think he's gonna take okay. two steps.
0: All right, all right, all right. I'm with and you. They'll light it up in the Europa that. League and then Dortmund's gonna sign him. The last three, the big three, you're gonna know their names. Everybody's yeah. gonna know their names because these guys are are ballers. Coming in at number three, I have yet another box to box midfielder who's an absolute killer a Belgian, City Academy graduate, currently keeping Southampton from having zero points in this league, the 19-year-old Roméo Lavia.
1: But he's cool. bossing the Premier League sometimes, like in a lot of games. He's bossing yeah. the midfield battle.
0: Yeah, he's he, like I said, the, Southampton might have zero points if not for him. Like That's the so amount true. that Southampton re- he's 19 and the amount that Southampton rely on him. He's, he's is the best just player. He's the best player by a mile. It's not even close. I'm I'm actually it surprised is, that you know that why this Lavia
1: and James Wall Prowse is not producing more more goals than it actually currently is, but it's because well, the rest it's, of the team it's it's is because it's two v eleven. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like it's literally it's it's just garbage.
0: Them. Like it's two v eleven every week in the front. It's just there's only yeah, so yeah, much yeah. they can do. They're no winning the midfield battle. They're just going just play wide. <laughs> and then and like, okay, well, scores no goal. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like what are you supposed to do? I think the reason that that Southampton got him is because Joe Shields, who is City's Uh, youth recruitment guy knew of him and was like oh he's sick and pep basically said yeah he's awesome but i can't like he needs to play and i can't give him that so what city did was they said okay southampton you can buy him for 12 mil and we'll put a buyback clause for 40 right if we like it we'll buy him back if not uh then other people can let's see what he does and he's a killer (laughs) he's he's so damn good and now because southampton are guaranteed to get relegated like for sure he's gonna come back i don't know if city will go get him because I've read that Calvin Phillips, that the market is open for Calvin Phillips because he's upset that he didn't play. Mind you, I'm like, Calvin. Wasn't buddy, he injured for 70% of the season? Yeah. And, and like, dude, Rodri's the best. You knew you weren't going to play ahead of Rodri. Right. If you didn't know, then whoever told you then you were going stupid. to is lying to you.
1: It was Gareth Salke. don't.
0: Yeah, Gareth okay. told him he's going to play.
1: Listen, I pick you all the time. You're definitely going to play. It the same sh- he It was a group chat with him, Harry Maguire, and Garisake. Yeah. And, and they were very convinced that they were going to play.
0: Exactly it, dude. That's 100% what it was. Anyway, I played, guys, talk about, so you're definitely going to play. Let, let's talk about how damn good Romeo Lavio is for a second here. Because he will be on the transfer market this season. They're going to get relegated, whether it's back yeah. to City or whether... Because if he gets relegated, they won't be able to... Like command as big a fee as they probably ought to for what his worth is which means that it wouldn't surprise me if City went back for him and then just sold him again like immediately just basically to a different club so he and just keep right. doing this basically until they can command a massive massive percentage for uh, the sell-on fee or keep him when he's ready to be in the team now personally I wouldn't hate seeing him in this team knowing the vacancies that are going to be open in Man City's left is likely not going to stay. Bernardo Silva is likely not going to stay, which means we are going to have a need for midfielders at City. And the fact that one of the best ones in the world is from our academy and currently is, you know, getting the shit beat out of him at the bottom of the league, fighting with his hands behind, tied tied by his back and weights on his ankles, means that, bro, if we lifted those shackles off him and just said, yo, come boss to midfield Good over point. here, the way yeah. that City played this year actually is very conducive right now maybe not like when he left in the summer in the early parts of the season, but like right now with John Stones as basically the midfielder slash center back playing next to Rodri. It's, it very much fits what, what Romeo Lavia's style of plays, which by the way, in case we haven't mentioned it, here's, here's what you need to know about Romeo Lavia. Excellent passer, leader. He, uh, he works super, super hard, right? He can play out of tight spaces when necessary. Uh, Southampton rely on him for everything. He's very, very mature for a 19 year old. And he's just super high quality, right? His energy, his physicality, he can carry the ball sometimes to his detriment. Sometimes he's like, yeah, I can break through these four players and I'll lose it. He's not perfect. That's part of being yeah. 19, right? Like he's not perfect by any stretch, but the fact that largely he knows when to pass it and to play out of those tight spaces and then when to carry it and say, okay, I don't have any options. Let's reassess, it. Let's reassess my angles 15 yards from now. And we'll just run with it. I think it's huge because that's part of his decision-making, right? That's part of his game IQ, which he doesn't lack at all, right? He's press resistant. He's strong. He can tackle people. He's basically like a, a very complete 19-year-old box-to-box midfielder who's ready for basically the Premier League top six. Now, if and, that's and not... I Man actually City, checked his defensive stats.
1: It, like I, I checked his defensive stats. And they're very similar to Palina. And everybody's talking about Palina bossing out Fulham this season. So right. he's like when when we say he's complete, he's he's very close to the finished article at 19 years old. And that is very yeah. difficult to do when you're a teenager starting in the Premier League especially when you're at a team that's suffering like to shine this Mm. this much at a team that is sitting bottom of the table and they're going to get relegated is is very difficult to do so not to mention they would be relegated if you
0: weren't there right like without milavia they would have already been relegated like weeks ago that's true it wouldn't have any of their 24 points they might have six (laughs) like a really really bad campaign from them anyway so we look at this who could use it like i said i'm not pitching him to man city but I wouldn't be opposed to the return of him to City, given the gaps that are going to open up in City squad. Right, right, right. Because quite frankly, it just makes sense. He, he came from our academy. He knows the team. Pep knows his style of play. We've seen what he's able to do with 38 weeks in the best league in the world. And he's, he's basically able to kill it. So if Pep still thinks, no, you know what? I feel like we need somebody slightly better. Like we have the cash. We're going to go buy somebody else. Mm-hmm. Fine. If if it ends up being that uh, Bernardo stays and, and that gap doesn't open up, you know what are you going to do but in terms of players who actually in terms of teams who actually do need this i think arsenal would just kill for this right uh, yeah he would be really good at Arsenal. like because they're looking at declan rice too and you're looking at like declan right. rice obviously is a fantastic player but i mean if if you don't want to go spend all of the money in the world to go sign Declan Rice. Million, probably <laughs> you're probably looking at romeo and going you know what the skill set is there like the comparability that the t- you know completely run my team from one of my my points of double pivot thomas party at times has been fantastic but at times he's been really really off right like yeah someone said uh oh it's funny i was watching it I, I can't remember who it was it was the tiktok that i was watching it someone said you know i don't know where thomas party was tonight it was, it was more like you know thomas library or something <laughs> <And I'm> like, <laughs> oh, bro, this dude is just so i like, didn't hit those heights and so the point arsenal i think would kill for players like this in their midfield who can help them win games. Mind you, he is very young, and I'm sure Arsenal would love to have a little bit more experience. If they're willing to break the bank for a player like that, fine. But the strides that Arsenal made this season to be in the conversation for Premier League winners, even if it doesn't end up panning off for them, means that how many steps are they away from getting there? You know, we got to keep improving the quality naturally because the teams around you will continue as well. Romeo Lavia is better than Xhaka and he's better than Thomas Partey meaning this is a step up in midfield, even if he's only 19 years old. And he's gonna be peanuts compared to what West Ham are gonna
1: command for Declan Rice, especially if they're relegated. Dude, yeah, like a hundred percent. Like I think, I think West Ham is just killing Declan Rice's career by just pricing him out of a move to all of these clubs. So, so at some point, you just have to go and say, "Listen, in order because now Arsenal are in this conversation for challenging for the title." they want to fix their problems as fast as possible. Like they're not saying mm-hmm. on maybe in the next three or four summers, like we'll get Declan Rice yeah. now and then we'll fix, we'll fix the other stuff later on. No, if you can fix the midfield now with someone like Romeo Lavia, we're going to have for a few years. um, yeah. and, and then that frees up some money for, uh, a, you know, someone who's prolific in their, in their position so that you can go challenge again next season. This would definitely be beneficial.
0: Yeah. I agree 100%. I think he's awesome. And I think that Arsenal's not the only team that could use him to be honest. I think if you No, I think he team, would
1: also do really well at Villa to be honest cuz uh, like Villa would be really good.
0: Oh, Aston Villa. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay. I could see. Th- well, I think he's better. What than did that, you Aston think I honest. said? No fa- I, I thought you said Villarreal. I like I don't know if it was my headphones like for a second I was like Villarreal. <laughs> no, it's Real. Aston Aston You're Villa. Him to a relegation side and <laughs> Aston Villa. <laughs> yeah, sorry. That was that was my bad. I think it just no, no, for Villa. a second. Villa right. to Villarreal? Right. Yes, in Villa. I could see him. I think he's too good for that, though. I, to be honest, I think he's ready for the absolute like, top, top, top. Top six. Uh, that's, yep. that's any Premier League top six. That's any Champions League club, to be honest. I think that he, he'd he be fantastic at. And I don't think that's a stretch. I think also another one, I mean, since we're here, why not? This obviously applies to Liverpool. We've talked about several midfield necessities that they There's have. Just any midfielder would do obviously, well at Liverpool, right? Now. <laughs> right. It obviously applies to Tottenham as well. We talked yeah. all about um, one side of what they need. This would be the other side. You know, we talked about Kochu earlier and what he brings to the game in terms of game control and and ball playing abilities. Lavia would be his perfect midfield partner, to be completely honest, because Lavia is better than all the ones that they have as well. The problem is they have five players who they would rely on to be their DM in that pivot, and I don't think they're clearing them all up. Right, right. But Romeo Lavia, bro, like, like big, big things are coming. If I get Romeo
1: Lavia, they should, like, yeah, hundred percent should clear them out.
0: The top two, Mina, are strikers. Oof, and they're good. This like. And this is the thing, man, like, I feel we've done a pretty good job to avoid the high profile names, the ones who are prolific, who we already know about. But I also had to take into consideration these two players that I'm about to name, I think are talked a lot about on this show in particular, because of my heritage, I got a poor chop and I got a Canadian as my as two strikers here.
1: To be, you so could no label these whatsoever. as
0: one and two i just think like i feel like i'm super entrenched in what these dudes do but if i take myself out of it i'm like do people know like do people know what and i'll say their names and i'll tell you about the order in a second but jonathan david and Gonzalo ramos both of these i talk about about benfica constantly on here i talk about jonathan david on here constantly as well but i don't think in europe people necessarily are paying attention in the same way because they don't watch benfica play and they don't watch lille play and they don't watch canada play and they don't watch that's Portugal true like which means that just, it's just like those, there's those just players have also been stories. linked
1: to big clubs too. Like it's true those players, especially because of what Gonzalo Ramos did in in the World Cup, and I know Jonathan David did not have that great of a World Cup, no. either. But but Canada did it in in in, right. in our entirety. So definitely after Gonzalo Ramos dropped the hat trick and you know what happened on Twitter,
0: people people are aware of him. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> yeah, it, it may, Here's here's the other side of that. You're right, though. Perhaps they don't know why. Perhaps people are just thinking that these are two godsend players who are able to fix all their problems, which I don't necessarily think is true. I still think there's a lot of situations that has to be applied here because both of them, Jonathan David, we'll start with him, is 23 years old. Jonathan David has had, I put him at number two, by the way, which means Gonzalo Ramos is at one. We'll talk about that in a second. Jonathan David, 23 years old. Canada, Lille. Has won a championship before, right? Because Lille Mm -hmm. won the league. At 21 yep. years old, he was that was him. Okay, this season, 32 games played, 21 goals scored, which is only second to Mbappe in the league. And for a long stretch of the season, he was ahead of him. Okay, with four assists, seven of those have been penalties. Okay, okay. So of the 14 goals, here's the thing: of those 14 goals that are that are regulation play, like not pens, all of them are inside of the box. This is what. Si- yes, but six yeah. of them have been with his left foot. He's Ooh. so two-footed, Mina. It's actually ridiculous because you like can't it. shake him the wrong way. Like, And I think this is huge. The tangible progress that he's had over the last several years, basically from going from Belgium to then climbing up uh, Ligue 1 has been remarkable because a lot of times players will break out and we'll be like, wow, breakout season. He's awesome. Whereas Jonathan David, I think, has been really Substantiate his progression, right? Like we can look yeah. at it and be like, okay, he had 10 goals that season, then 15 and then 20 and then 25 and 30 and so on. And he keeps growing. And now people will look at him and go, I think that's actually like a really, really good player in the making. Maybe he's not like the elite of the elites and, and a world beater, but why can't he get there? Look at what he's done. He's he's come such such long ways in his development.
1: He's a I actually threat, for me, right? I prefer to see that more than a than a breakout. I prefer to right. see someone mm. like constantly taking on strides and proving himself on on different different years every single time that he can keep improving and he can keep doing it and uh and that's what Jonathan
0: David's doing you're right and it's different than what Gonzalo Ramos is doing and that's kind of the thing when right. we'll get to Gonzalo Ramos because Gonzalo Ramos is kind of the opposite this is Gonzalo yep. Ramos's breakout season as is often the case with breakout stars from Benfica because the world pays attention when they do that but we'll get to, to Gonzalo Ramos in a second back to Jonathan David tremendous leaps in front of goals this year like the like the amount of goals that he scores now is is better than in years past because his movement is better his instincts are better his finishing is better yeah. the fact that he can drop deep to play make like he needs the dynamism around him is a part of his game that i think it works really well with the modern game because a lot of times you want you don't want your striker to be hung up and only be the guy who gets the ball occasionally you want him to be part of the team and can also finish because let's be real A lot of the wingers assets will be take ons like that'll be their best attribute, but it won't necessarily be their finishing. The ones that is, those are the world-class ones. Those are the best ones in the world. So if you're looking at a team who like needs a striker, but also wants to incorporate the wide players in and kind of spread out the goals throughout the team, he fits that bill like really, really well. 85% passing accuracy for a striker who's playing long balls is a big deal because it's not these, like he's only playing four passes a game. He's playing 50. You know, like from yeah, like he's true. getting the ball and making decisions with it, right? He's very unselfish. He's very versatile. He's he's adopted a bit of an inside forward, even off the right at times this season, like right wing spot where he got a couple of assists. But he's leading the line when necessary, and he's fast. He can play off the shoulder. His dribbling is very very good. He's really good for the national team. That's another one that's super underrated, right? Maybe for the World Cup it wasn't great, but largely him and and Kyle Larren go back and forth, breaking all these records for Canada here, and that. I think if nothing else just boosts his confidence knowing that he can hang at the That's top true. level because he's going to be one of the one of the highest goal scorers in the nation right i
1: personally like him more when he's when he's down the middle uh he's definitely yeah. it's good to have that kind of all-round aspect to your game where you can go a little bit to the right create some space for someone else to find because because that is going to be an answer that you're going to have to a question that you're going to be have to answer if you move up to a bigger team like what do you yeah. do when when you've got two center backs on you in a in a better league Um, to be frank and um, him shifting over a little bit to create space for others is definitely is definitely a good aspect to have to his game but I really like him when he's just proper sense of forwarding it like just straight down the middle he's he's timing his runs really well I think that's that's the progression that I've been able to see from him compared to previous years I think now he's relying a lot more on instinct and and timing his run to be able to to get a lot of tap-ins and a lot of finishes from inside the 12, 12 yards right. or whatever all of them
0: being inside the box inside i really blocks, like that yeah. from him i agree i think that it's it speaks to the type of striker that he is like being the poacher and angling yeah. through the middle and i think if he like he's now ready for that next step so many teams, so need it's that not too. saying that he's right. And it's, and it's not like we're saying he's like, he's perfect as is. And this is like his game and he's complete and he's round up. He can still be molded into whatever the system is. I think his versatility speaks to that. And if he moves to an elite team now, like a, like a champions league level club, like a real champions league level club, I think that they can shift him into exactly what the position commands, which is like becoming a world-class number nine, who's averaging 20 plus goals domestically per season, plus whatever you get in Europe. I still think he can do that. And the fact that he's a second striker, meaning he's not necessarily like the big target man, but more spreading, let's say, 60 goals across your front three. Dude, that that's a really, really important player to have in your team. Like the for selfish. Sure. Uh, sometimes you want your striker to be selfish, but remember, Karim Benzema for a long time was just like the link up piece in what that, that trio was for Real Madrid. And then now he's the star boy. Because then yeah, when totally. it moves on, he kind of, he he reasserts himself into that element of the game. Jonathan David has those. And I think that he's going to be a good, good player for a long, long time. Where's he going to go? I think Bayern is a perfect shot for Canadians dude, looking for it, bro. They need a the striker who on finish. the top of my head. He's the, does he not fit that system perfectly? With he Bar- does. Bar-
1: he absolutely does especially when you look at Leroy Sané. I don't know what they're going to do with Sadio Mané to be honest, but if they want to keep him that's fine. Uh, yeah. but Serge Nabry as well on on the right hand side with you know with Leroy Sané over there. Like I think this would this would be perfect and uh, obviously playing with Alphonso Davies as well like con- his
0: con- fellow countrymen. There's no
1: yeah. shortage of chemistry right there.
0: No, exactly. There's no shortage of chemistry. The fact that at this point because the other the name that Bayern Munich had looked at was was Randall Colomuani who's also yeah. a very, very good show and doing bits in the Bundesliga this year. He's got but who, a lot of Frankfurt. this year. Frankfurt said, if you're not offering us like significantly more than 60, 70 mil, we're not thinking about yeah. it. I th- Lille are not in that position. Lille are like, yeah, bro, come get him. He's 60 like, mil, come get him. That's how much it's going to cost. I think Bayern would be like, all right, listen, we need a finisher. Such a We need a player who can move. Right. We, can, we need a player who can move into the channels. We need a player who can drop... Th- you know, back and let the wingers flourish at times. We need a player who can play and make, like they were looking at Harry Kane. Yeah. (laughs) bro, Harry Kane. You know what I mean? Now, Jonathan David, okay. Is not as prolific as, as Harry Kane or necessarily as prolific as, uh, as Lewandowski was for a long time, but Jonathan David will take your penalties. Jonathan David will get you goals when there's cutbacks in the area. And so Jonathan David will get a lot out of your wingers because I, whether it's Musiala playing off the left or playing directly behind him, (laughs) or they're alternating, like, bro, think of how quickly that ball's gonna move. Think of the transition. If he's not by Canadian, Byron they've already
1: forward. made that signing. I'm telling you right now. If it, yeah, he's probably. French, they've already made that signing.
0: Imagine if he's German.
1: <laughs> if he's German, they for sure
0: have already made that sign. Like they, Forget like they're telling him, you're not going anywhere else. Literally. I, so anyway, I, I like everything about what Jonathan David's game has become. I think he's ready for that next step. And to be honest, Byron's the only club that I have him for right now. I, I mean, yeah. mind you, he could probably go to Barca. Right, and he should just a substitute for them, but they couldn't like his flag it, right? and just be Austrian,
1: and everybody's gonna sign.
0: <laughs> No, I like his flag. The maple as, leaf in the middle. This is our deal. yeah, with a sideways maple leaf.
1: Oh, just submit his paperwork like that, and just secretly be Canadian.
0: <laughs> I think he Loki wants to come to the Premier League. Yeah, but careers are long, you know. Like Johnny, you'll be fine. You know, go, go win some Champions Leagues in, in Bayern. Go, go, go be the guy style. for them, yeah. and then watch who comes calling for you. Because listen, if you're coming to the Prem now, Tottenham are going to be the ones. Would you rather go to Tottenham mm-hmm. or Bayern? there's no there's no decision to be made here jonathan run <laughs> well far run and while fast. you can yeah because yeah. people say oh what this. about chelsea like no, chelsea have a billion players no. stop like they no. do need a striker though like he he is okay no someone no, that they, not, they don't need a second striker they have a, yeah, they, second they, yeah. they have a lot of second strikers they they have a lot of second they need they need a a different player than this byron munich could really make do with this and i think that that's who they should go get i agree the last one, we already mentioned him. It's Gonzalo Ramos. And he has a very different very career different trajectory. Style. He's 21. Portuguese. But he's, he's just on fire. As far as I'm concerned, he's just El Pistolero 2.0. Right? Domestically, 26 games played, 17 goals, 2 assists. In Europe, in the Champions League, because Benfica had the Champions League qualification. Round, 14 Champions League games, 7 goals, 3 assists, including a dart all the way up to the quarterfinals. For the national team, 5 games played, 4 goals, To assist. Reel them at the World Cup in a single game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what are we what are we doing? What are we doing? This dude's got over 30 goals in Europe. This it's his breakout year. It's his first season. Yeah. He cannot. It's a very different
1: style to Jonathan David. Like he likes to come deep. He is linking up plays so much. Um, he's very dynamic, very... I, I like I like what you said about El Pistolero 2.0. Like, I, I really like that shot. I think that's what he is. Yeah, very I think similar. that's exactly yeah. what he is. Yeah, he's exactly that. He's just if, not you, like, if, if someone's shit. not watching him enough, th- that's what you say to get them to
0: kind of visualize how he the plays. Tune in. Yeah, he's just... Right, kiss the fingers because he scored another hat trick. That's what he's doing. I think he started as a second striker. It as like a supporting striker playing off of a real nine. But this year has just made... I, listen, and that's what... When you have your first professional season, right? Like at at this level, Mm. you're either going to take some time to adjust, figure out what kind of player you are, or make all the necessary adjustments right away to become a world beater. That latter one almost never happens, but it did for him. (laughs) He basically said, listen, I understand that I used to be a player who did more of this this season. I want the ball more because I want to score, put the area into different places and I will poach. and Watch me do it. His pace is good. His finishing, his instincts, and his off-the-ball movement have just been outstanding. Like, all of the goals that he scores are almost at the top of the box. They're all within the 18-yard box, and they're all just him firing it in. And I think that's, to be honest, with him in particular, I understand the trajectory is different than Jonathan David, but I'd say he's way more prolific than Jonathan David. I think his ability to score more goals as a pure goal scorer is higher than what Jonathan David does because he does, well, things, quite frankly, just a little bit differently. If we're okay. looking for ideal clubs, Mina, I'm going to throw it to you. Take your pick. Take your pick. Where, this dude could comfortably play pretty much wherever you want. Where is that? Can you think of any options? Because I can think of about 50.
1: Honestly, since you said El Pistole or Barcelona has not left my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Since you said one. it, it's not left my mind. Like, I mean, if Lewandowski is going to go into the sunshine soon, um,
0: right? not a bad shout. I wonder what happens here because the, the only thing is because he had such a prolific season, all the clubs that could really really use him that would be awesome will not be able to afford him, right? That's like true. if AC Milan went, we got him. Oh that would be perfect. Like, yeah, perfect. Him and 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 uh, Leal would just be out. Right? But you couldn't. Ha- he just. There's no way because AC Milan are not going to go drop a hundred and whatever million on him. Barca couldn't afford it. Real Madrid. I don't think that they would go splash that kind of cash on an alternative defenseman. Right uh, yeah, not a not a necessity right now, right? So where else can you go? I'm to loving the City, have two of the best ones in the entire world. Inter, let's be real, they're still all pretty tied up with their finances. Don't think they could afford it. They're still trying to bring back Lukaku, and Martinez is doing pretty damn good for him, right? Lotaro has been pretty sick. Plus, I don't so think a at the front need for two of Martinez
1: and, and um, what's-his-face, Gonzalo Ramos is going to be the best thing that you, you kind of want. I like, I like Martinez yeah, they need a tank striker. Yeah, you're uh, yeah. Right. they
0: need a tandem more. You're right. They they absolutely do. But listen, we can keep listing through clubs. The problem is like, like I said, who, who can afford them? And that, that kind of leads me. That's why I don't have I, I have, have a taken you. pick. Because who needs them? Everybody. Will don't take
1: send him. them to Juventus, man. Just don't do who it. Who could
0: afford them? Well, this is the other thing. Juve can't afford that. But if they if no. they sold if they sold wide back, right? If they sold Dorito back <laughs> Dorito boy. Yeah. Then <laughs> then they would need all the finances to basically purchase Gonzalo Ramos. So I think that this is a, a bit of a tricky predicament here, because who else could afford him? I think Tottenham might be interested if Kane leaves. I think United are probably United interested in, him, but United yeah. are probably going to go for Kane. Why would you not go for somebody yeah. little bit more prolific than this? Right? Victor Osman's exactly. also on the market. If Victor Osman gets sold, does he go replace him at Napoli? Why would Napoli spend all the cash they just earned from, from them? The Gonzalo Ramos and a for a attack
1: thing. would be nuts though. You're right. We'd just be terrorizing people,
0: but what are we going to do with this? Give like, he goes to Chelsea. Yeah, boy, that would be pretty nasty. I could see him doing bits in this area, I could see him doing bits anywhere. Like, are PSG going to be interested when Messi That's leaves true. and when Neymar leaves? And they're like, okay, well, we need somebody else here to up front. Maybe the problem is with this one, I don't have the same amount of analysis because his price tag is going to be based on reports, Is going to limit effectively him so double what Jonathan Davids is. Yep. That's very limiting for a lot of clubs that would be very interested in him because it means basically whatever club he goes to is going to be a final destination club. And while I think that he's extraordinarily talented, I don't know just logically, financially, what clubs could afford him. You could probably look at some in the Premier League. It would probably be a Spurs if they can get a a, bar, a bargain because they're selling Kane. Maybe Chelsea. Do I really want to put him in the fire pit at Chelsea right now? No. Hmm. So we look at PSG if they have a, you know, if they're vacating some people mean I couldn't tell you it's take your pick but it's like the market's going to be really interesting this summer for a player like this
1: yeah absolutely and and the PSG show is is definitely interesting and we should take a look at what PSG is going to do with their front three cuz cuz it's every week it seems like all three of them could could be leaving like yeah. Messi is going back to Barcelona Mbappe is always perennially linked to Real Madrid and Neymar seems to want to leave every other week so it's really interesting to to me uh, to talk about that kind of PSG front three, and he would definitely yeah. fit
0: in. For sure. It's just, it, that one's a... a, a it's, it's such a an enough you know, peculiar situation here because for the first time in a long time, if you have 100-something mil to spend on a striker, you're likely going to be looking at Victor Osmian and Harry Kane. Yeah. So that seems to be the market this year. I don't know but if I mean, anyone's going only to say, I'll get pay get the same price... Them. Right, but I don't know if anyone's going to say I'll pay the same price for somebody like Kinsella Ramos. Which but if they're already tied up, Ramos might, might, for, that might be your only other option. You know what I mean? Maybe. Is Ramos going to go for 80 then instead? I don't know if Benfica will sell at that point. If Benfica will be like, mm, we'll just keep him for another year. But that's very unlikely because normally with breakout seasons, Benfica goes, come get him. Capitalize. Yeah. So I, this, the whole situation at number one is, is left on a question mark, which is not the most satisfying way to end it. But truthfully, I, I don't know what to do with you here.
1: Yeah, seriously, me, me neither. I think um, the price point really limits his destination. His style suits a lot of people, but right. it really limits what happens. And and we'll just have to wait and see what happens this summer when when strikers start to move and where vacancies become available. Because then that yep. that can definitely... Because if someone is now 100 million pounds richer because they sold Awesome or Kane or whoever else, mm. come get him. Couldn't agree more. Is that it, bro? Can we wrap it on this? I think so, man. It was a good list. Thank you for educating me on a few of these guys. I hope uh, we did the same for the ones that we were
0: somewhat familiar with. Pocchi was was definitely a nice shout. Yeah, I think this, I, I really like these ones because even I forget about the players that I've listed. Like I listened back to the one I did last year and I was like, there's some good players and not all of them move, by the way. Yeah. That's thing. A lot of these players might be ready, but will not make moves because either the clubs want them or the market just isn't right for them to leave. That's also a possibility. That's not the point of this episode. I'm not predicting Mm -hmm. transfers. What we're trying to do here is just identify who these u 23 followers are. Right, the next stars. And then say, are they ready for the next level or not? I think that these ones, everybody I listed today is absolutely ready to be playing at a higher level than where they currently are playing. And I think we've done a pretty good job of picking clubs that would make tremendous use out of them. But with that, that's got to pretty much wrap. Episode number 192 of the Jersey Wall Podcast, bro. Champions
1: League coming up next.
0: That's the next one, man. They do Ooh, we're nervous. Place. Are you writing a poem for that? For the semis? No, not for the for the finals. I'll write a poem. Really? Yeah. You want me to write okay. a, a final for the semis? Maybe when the Maybe. semis are finished. Okay, never mind.
1: But all right. All right. Well, you can do one to wrap the semis and per, and preview the final. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah bro.
0: Like the, If you do yeah, every you week, you're not a special, yeah. right? Like you have to you have to stagger them. That's true. Right, like it's an art. Because if it's every week, then it's just oh, here goes Nathan. Counting down the days Nathan to Nathan.
1: the to the June episode number two hundred. There, yeah, we bro. have to do something special for that.
0: Yeah, we're gonna like it. We're gonna start planning that real soon. Eight weeks away, bro. Time flies, yeah. man. Time absolutely flies. Weather's dude. gonna be
1: nice. Cause uh, I'm telling you right now, it's raining right now. It Sucks. Yeah, like I'm I'm ready for double digit weather again.
0: Me too, man. We're going to wear our sun hats, our sunglasses. We're going to have a whole fun Oof. summer episode. The so TJW nice. 200 extravaganza. I can't wait for it. That one's going to have a sick bomb. But guys, what can we say? Thank you so much for tuning in each and every week. We absolutely love you. Find me on Instagram at the Nathan Santos. And everywhere else, at the Jersey Wall. Mina, where can we find more from you? You can find me on Twitter at Mina F. on Instagram. It is at minagully
1: 98 That's it, guys. Another one bites the dust. Another one of the books. We love you. And we'll see
0: you next time right here on the Jersey Wall Podcast.